We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. lot of great things coming up that we're excited about. Download day is this Saturday. Make sure you sign up online for that. It's going to be a great time. If you know somebody that just wants to to build their leadership skills and gets poured into, they can sign up for that as well. We'd love to have them here. Um, But we we really just need them to sign up online for that. And our fierce sisterhood, excited about that as well. Yes, they're going to have a great time. I wasn't invited, um, but we're we're glad that they're getting to do that. Um, So, Today, over the past couple of weeks, we've been, uh, we stepped away from our series uh, called Different, Living the Unexpected Life. Uh, we had Easter, we had Mother's Day, so we, we took a break from this series. Today, we're going to jump back into that, so we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 today. Um, if you don't have a Bible, you can raise your hand. Our house crew will pass out a Bible for you today, but we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 as we go. Um, and while they're passing out the Bibles and you're turning there, a little bit about me. This is not my full-time job. I work for the city of South Bend as the director of streets and sewers is my full-time job. So if you're ever driving through South Bend and you hit a pothole, it's probably my fault. Um, so uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll talk about that maybe. <laughs> um, but I work for the city of South Bend, and this week at work, we got the exciting opportunity to host something that maybe y'all have done in your workplace before, but it's called bring your child to work day. Anybody ever participate in one of those where you brought your child with you to work? I got to bring Reeve and Kit. So Reeve is my five-year-old and Kit is my three-year-old. We also have an eight-month-old baby. She did not come. I, that would have been a little, little too much. Two was already hard enough to handle. But the boys had a great time. They got to go around. They got to go to my office. They got to see all the big trucks that we have there, the backhoes, the excavators, um, camera trucks, all the things that we have there. Um, they also they brought over police cars, the SWAT car, fire trucks, um, the, the drug dogs, things like that for them to see. And, and they just had a great time there. But before we could take them there, there's one thing we had to do. We had to fill out this uh, form. And one of the questions on that form was, what does your child want to be when they grow up? And so I asked my kids, I said, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they told me the same thing that probably all of your kids wanted to be when they grow up, and that's the director of streets and sewers for the city of South Bend, right? <laughs> no, yeah, probably not so much. Not, not like the most uh, glorious and luxurious job. But my boys, they want to be just like me. They, they want to imitate me. They, they try to dress like me. Um, when we're putting them in bed every night, hey, Dad, what are you wearing to bed? Can you wear a tank top and shorts? That's what I'm going to wear. Can you wear that too? Uh, this week, I, I was taking leftovers to lunch, and so Kim was packing my lunch like she always does. Thank you for doing that. She always packs my lunch for me every night before, uh, before we go to bed, and the boy said, hey, we pack our lunch too. We want to take leftover pizza for lunch too. We want to take chicken noodle soup for lunch just like daddy. Daddy, what are you drinking at dinner tonight? What, that's what we want to drink, and so my boys, they want to be just like me. It's even so much we walk in, uh, into the store or something. And I'll watch Reeve, he'll sort of skip a step so he can walk in the same cadence and stride as me. They want to be just like me, um, which is a good thing, but parents, let's be honest, it's a scary thing too, right? Yeah. And so this isn't part of the sermon, but it's a good reminder to us that our parents, our kids, they want to be like us. They're going to grow up to be like you are, so you need to really watch yourself and how you're handling yourself and your your actions, because your kids are going to try to walk in in step just like you. 
But this week we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, and I think that uh, Paul talks about this a little bit in here and about imitating. Um, Before we go ahead and get into the scripture, though, I'm going to pray over the service if you'll allow me to. Lord, we love you. We're just so honored and thankful that you allow us to be here, Lord. We're so uh, honored that that you're just changing lives, and you're allowing chains to fall and and lives to be healed, Lord. Um, And Lord, we're thankful that you've come to be a God for us, Lord, that you've come to um, show us the way. And so today, Lord, we just ask that you would just be with us all today. Just allow us all to hear the word that you have for us, Lord, and just speak through me, Lord, so that I don't mess this up and that um, your words are heard today, Lord. We love you, we praise you, and in your name we pray, amen. All right, so we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1, and it starts like this. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Be imitators of God as beloved children. I know some of y'all might be thinking, wait, so I'm supposed to imitate God? Like, I'm, I'm not God. God is perfect, right? Um, and I'm supposed to imitate him? He was the creator of the world. I, I can't even create something off Pinterest, much less. Like, so... Uh, little embarrassing thing. Yesterday, Kim wanted to get up and watch the royal wedding. Yes, it was so exciting. So, and then she fell asleep and left me to watch it. But, um, but I was like, all right, I'm going to surprise her. So what I, I decided to do, I'm, I was going to make some little English cookies, and they did not turn out right. She, she, still, she ate one, and she's like, oh, that was delicious. I was like, yeah. But I can't even make cookies, so like, how am I supposed to imitate God who created everything? Um, he's God, and I'm not. Um, but this word imitators here, it comes from the Greek word, which is mimetis, which means do as I do. So Paul's telling us that we need to do as God does. We need to imitate him. We need to walk the walk, not just talk the walk. Um, and so Paul's going to give us three ways here that I believe he's telling us how we can imitate God and how we can walk the walk. Um, we'll go on to point, uh, verse number five. It says, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Point number one, walk in love, be willing to give and serve no matter the cost. We're to walk in love, he says. Uh, Paul tells us we have to, to show God's love to those around us in, in what we're doing, in the actions that we're doing, in, in how we walk, we need to, to show um, that love of God. And Jesus provided the perfect example for us in this, in everything that he did. And I think Paul sort of sums up all, everything that Jesus did for us in Philippians 2, uh, 6 through 11. He said, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So Jesus came. He, Jesus was in heaven. He, he did not have to come to earth. He was in this place of perfection. Um, but he left that. He humbled himself to come down to earth with us, to live the same life that we live, to be hurt the same ways that we get hurt, um, to face the same sicknesses and illnesses and face death just like we do. He humbled himself and brought himself down because he loved us that much, that he was willing to love us so much that he died on the cross for us and for our sins and for um, for the things that we've done, he took on the punishment for us. And so if we're going to love others, um, we have to humble ourselves and be willing to serve them. And even if they're unlovable, just like Jesus did for us. And that's hard because we know a lot of unlovable people, right? You, we have that, that neighbor who decides that they're going to tear up their sidewalk at like 3 a.m. in the morning and start running the jackhammer. Uh, the guy that cut you off on the way to church this morning, 
that person that you work with that like you just butt heads with and sometimes it's even that person that's like I don't even know why I like you but you just have that face that I <laughs> yeah we, we have those people in our lives um, but Paul's encouraging us here that we need to love them just like Jesus loved us even when we were unlovable that Jesus still loved us and so we need to do that too um, I love what, what Paul says here. He says uh, he gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Uh, last week when Christine spoke, she had this great quote. Can we, can we just celebrate Christine and that message she gave last week? Yes, it was great. Great job, Christine. We loved it. Um, but Christine said this uh, last week. The stench of your own sin drowns out the sweet smell of the Holy Spirit and the blessings God has for your life. So our own sin, those things in our lives that Jesus came down and died for us for, those same things that other people may be doing to us that we're, we're not willing to forgive them or not willing to love them through, Jesus did that for us. And so our own sin, that, that stench of our own sin, is drowning out what we could be showing them love, that the uh, fragrant offering that Paul talks about here, this fragrant offering. We can change that, that sin that we have into a fragrant offering. Um, and when we're doing this, yeah, we're loving somebody, we're, we're loving them, we're showing them that love, but it's not always necessarily for them. It's an offering that we're giving to God when we do that. Um, and it's really hard to do these things, but sometimes that means that maybe we need to reach out to them and, and forgive that person that's hurt us. Um, for whatever reason it is, we just need to forgive them. Maybe we just need to show them grace. Everybody's going through something, right? And we don't always know what that is. Um, we only know what they allow us to see sometimes. But we need to step forward and maybe show them grace so that they can say, hey, this person didn't even know what I was going through, but that really touched me. That, that love that they show me, it really touched me. And maybe it just means reaching out to them, connecting with them, leaving church this morning and be like, hey, I, I know we just met, but I'd love to go out and eat with you. Let's go out and eat. Let's go grab some coffee this week. Whatever it is, let's just show love that way. And in doing that, we're providing this fragrant offering. It's a sacrifice to God, and that's what we want to do. So we need to walk in love. Um, and we need to do that by serving others and loving others. But Paul goes on here. Um, he said that kind of love is a sacrifice. It puts God first, and, and we have to put God first, right? Um, it puts God first. But when we're looking to other things to, that, to find our enjoyment, to find our contentment, um, then, then that, those things become idols in our lives. And Paul, Paul goes on to talk about that here, uh, starting in verse 3. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an adulterer, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. So when we're seeking these things uh, instead, of, instead of God, these sexual, uh, being sexually immoral, um, being covetous, being impure, telling these dirty jokes, telling, uh, allowing things to come out of our mouths that shouldn't be coming out of our mouths, um, we're putting things before God. Um, and Paul says it's, it's, an, it's idolatry. Um, and if we're going to walk different, we need to, to walk different. We need to put these things outside of our lives. We live in this culture where a lot of these things are, are deemed okay. I mean, you can't watch TV without seeing a commercial with, with something on there that's inappropriate. Um, even the movies we watch, 
Uh, Pastor Moto mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but driving to Chicago, there's billboards all over the place that are just uh, advertising these things. Um, and so it's all around us, and the culture deems that to be okay. But we have to be able to set ourselves apart from those things. Uh, Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we need to be able to look at these things and be like, or not look at these things, but we need to be able to um, just know that when these things are around us, that we need to walk away from those things. Um, again, the, the culture makes it acceptable. We, ha- we, we hear the uh, locker room talk with the work and, and those sorts of things. We need to be willing to remove ourselves from those so that we can be found acceptable to God, so that when we, our worship reflects what he's doing in our lives. And instead of doing these things, Paul says that we should be showing thanksgiving. We should be grateful for what God's done for us. We should be um, gracious and, and just be proud of what God's given us. And so we need to be willing to step out and, and be transformed into these things. And, and Paul talks about this transformation here in, in uh, Ephesians 5, in verse 8. <clears throat> he says, For at one time you were dark, darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So point number one, he said we needed to walk in love. Point number two, he says we need to walk in light. God has brought light into your life, so shine that light into every area of your life. Yes. So <clears throat> now that God is in us, we, we have this light on us. Um, it, and Paul says that one time you were darkness. He doesn't say you were in darkness. He said you were darkness. Um, but now we have this light on us that shines and illuminates those things in our life. Um, we've been transformed by, uh, by Christ into this new creation, and we're made different, and we're made different by God's light in our lives. I love this verse in, in Matthew 5, um, verses 14 through 16. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may be, see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Have you ever seen a, a light in a far-off distance? So when I was in the Marine Corps, we had this uh, course, and it was called the, the Night Land Navigation Course. Um, and so what they do is they drop you off in the middle of the woods someplace with a map and a compass and a heavy bag on your shoulders, and they tell you to get from point A to point B with just that. Um, and it's not very easy, especially for uh, young lieutenants. Young Marine officers are notorious for getting lost in the woods, and then someone has to come find them, and it's not pretty. Um, they're balled up on the ground, just shivering. And <laughs> um, but you're out there in the woods, your map, your compass, and one of the things they would not let you do is use a flashlight. Because when you use a flashlight in the woods, and it's pitch dark like that, you can see that from miles away. Um, and if they caught you using a flashlight on the course, you failed. Um, you'd have to, if you were going to use a flashlight, you had this tarp thing you would put over you and like crunch into a ball and shine the light in there. But most of us didn't even do that. We just guessed, and luckily I made it out of the woods. I'm here, so right? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, but uh, in Matthew, it says, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Just like that flashlight in the woods, when you have this light in your life, you're going to be seen by other people, and they're going to see the way that you've changed, um, and they're going to see what's going on in your life, and they're going to notice these things about you. 
So we have to be careful about these actions and, and doing these certain things. But a light's not only just good for others to be able to, to see the way. You have to use that light to, to reflect in your own life. Um, so I like to read in bed at night, and Kim likes to sleep in bed at night. So um, it doesn't always work out the best, but I used to have my lamp on, and I'd be reading there, and Kim likes the room to be completely dark when she's going to sleep. She needs, she needs that pitch black, and I think it's so when the kids come in, they get scared and run off. Um, but uh, for the longest time, there was this thing where I was like, let me, let me just finish this chapter, and she'd be like, oh, and roll over, and, um, and she was very gracious to me in that, but... Um, so we decided instead I've got a book lamp that I could clip on my book. And so the light is just right there on my pages. She's able to go to sleep. But the thing about that book lamp is it only illuminates what it's pointing at, right? Um, and so this light that God's bringing into our life is not just to show others how we've changed, but it's also to, to help us see those areas in our lives that need to change. Um, and so those lights are going are gonna, to uh, shine onto us. Um, he goes on here. He says, uh, take no part in the fruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So these things, it, when this light, when, when Christ is in us, he's going to expose those things in our life. And let me just say, it, it's not always going to feel good. Um, it's going to show these things in our life. And sometimes these things just keep getting exposed in our life so that it comes to our mind so we really realize, hey, maybe this is something I need to look at in my life to, to figure out what I need to do with it. But I love this example that Paul gives here. Um, he, he says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Um, when, when we, before Christ, we were living in sin, we were in darkness, we were dead. But when we get this light, we are, we're awakened. Um, he wakes us up from our sleep. It, it kind of reminds me of when I, when I was growing up, um, I always liked my sleep, especially in the mornings. I wanted just to go a little bit longer. Like this morning, I probably hit snooze like 47 times before I woke up, but I was like, Pastor Mooch is going to yell at me if I'm not awake to preach this morning. Um, so... Uh, so I like my sleep, especially in the morning, but my dad used to come into the room, and he would uh, wake me up. Hey, Derek, Derek, it's time to get up. You got to get ready for school. And, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And I'd be back to sleep, right? Well, the next time he'd come in, it would be a little, a little more rough. Hey, Derek, it's time to get up. Uh, you you got to go to school. And, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm getting up. Let me, let me, yeah, just two more minutes. Well, the next time, it obviously wasn't as nice. And he'd come in and flip the light on. Hey, Derek, time to get up. You got to get up, go to school, and throw my mattress or whatever the case may be. But... <laughs> When that light comes on, it wakes you up. It's an automatic burst of energy that comes in your life. And so these things, this is what Paul's saying here. When, when we were dead, some of these things in our life, some of these sins that we had in our life, maybe they weren't illuminated. Maybe there were things that we didn't think they were too big of an issue with. But when that light comes on, it's time for us to wake up and realize that we need to make some of these changes in our lives. Um, and so uh, point number three. It says, uh, is walk in wisdom. Make decisions and with an understanding of what God is doing in the world. We need to walk in wisdom. Make decisions with an understanding of what God is doing in the world. Um, in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, it says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time 
because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Um, we have to look at our lives now that we have this light in our lives. Um, now that this, our lives have been illuminated, now that we're walking with love, now that we're walking in the light, we have to walk with wisdom. Um, and, and so we have to really get in and figure out what it is that we need to be doing. And really, you can only gain this wisdom by, in, a, in a couple of ways. Um, one of these, Christine mentioned it last week, you have to measure yourself against Scripture. But the only way you can measure yourself against Scripture is if you get in there and actually read it and know the Scripture. Um, and for some of us, maybe that's hard. Maybe, maybe you're a new believer. Maybe you're like, listen, I, I'm having a hard time understanding this. Like, what does it even mean? Um, it, it's, it could be scary. It could be intimidating. You could be like, you know, I just don't have the time for this. But there are some ways that you can do this. You can, uh, the Bible app's a great app. It has different devotionals on there that can help you get started and help you really start to, to dig in. Um, you could just find a place to start. Start by reading the Gospels. Figure out who this Jesus guy is that we, we've started to say yes to and that we, we're following now. Um, or maybe you could even ask a friend to read with you. Hey, right now, we, uh, you know, I, I just got into this. You know, will you go through this with me? Will you go through this book with me? Another way we can, we can grow in this wisdom is just by connecting with others who are further along in their journey with us. Regroup's a great place to do that. You can go to regroup and, and meet some of these people and hear what's going on in their lives and realize that maybe, hey, maybe you're not as screwed up as you think you are because this guy that's been walking with Jesus for a while, they, they've got some of the same issues that you do. Um, but when we connect with those, we have to listen to them. And sometimes maybe they're going to give us a little, little tough love, but we have to be willing to heed some of their advice too and, and know that when whatever it is that they're telling us to do, hey, maybe they, they've got a background for this and, and know why we should be doing this. Um, and another way is just listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, again, that's another one that could be intimidating. I grew up in a, a small church that we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit much. Um, and so sometimes we just need to really dig in and listen to what the Holy Spirit is. Um, and maybe you just need to ask God to send the Holy Spirit to you. The, the smartest man that ever walked the planet, a man named Solomon, you can read about him in the Old Testament. All he did was ask for wisdom and God gave it to him. And so maybe that's what it takes from us too. But whatever it is that we're doing, we, we have to be intentional about it. We have to um, be intentional about growing closer to God and, and gaining that knowledge from him. Um, but the other thing that Paul talks about here, he says... Um, we need to make the best use of our time because the days are evil. He says, do not do foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Um, we have to realize that our time on earth is limited. There's only a certain amount of time that we have here each week to be able to do these things. Um, and I was, I was studying this week. I came across this illustration from Charles Swindoll um, that he, he sort of talks about something like this. He says, Let's pretend that your banker phoned you late Friday night and he had some good news for you. And he told you that an anonymous donor who loves you very much has decided to deposit 86,400 pennies into your account each morning. And it's going to start on Monday. It's Friday. He says on Monday, this man who loves you, you don't know who he is, is going to put 86,400 pennies in your bank account. That doesn't sound like a bad deal. But he says there's one catch. Each day when midnight hits whatever's left in the bank account is going to drop to zero. You're going to lose that, that money at that point. 
And you're like, okay, I can, I can do that. I can, spend, I can spend that. You start doing the math, you realize that's eight, eight, $864 a day um, for 52 weeks a year. That's going to be about $6,000 a week. That's uh, about $315,000 a year. And all you have to do is spend that $864 in one day. Um, I think we'd all take that deal. But remember, whatever you don't spend is forfeited. But he goes on to say, all right, so let's get serious about this. He says, each day, God gives us 86,400 seconds. And as you all know, um, we only get those seconds. So that, that adds up to 24 hours in a day. When the day ends, the, those seconds are over. The time is up. You don't get those times back. Uh, as much as some of us may like to have a 26-hour day, you're not going to get that. So we only have this certain amount of time to, um, to, to use this. We only have a precious few hours to be able to walk in love and to show this person that's next to you that you love them and to maybe help them grow closer to Christ, um, to illuminate those things in your life and to, to live that life um, and, and to gain this wisdom. Um, this wasn't in my notes, but it, it just sort of popped in my head from earlier when we were talking about the kids wanting to be like you. Um, I read a while back that you have 936 weeks with your kids from the time they're born to the time they graduate. And so that's when it seems like a long time, but in perspective, it's not really that long of a time. 936 weeks. And some of us, we, you know, it's, we've had our kids around for a little while, and so those times are, are shrinking even more. We need to really examine how we're living our lives because our kids are going to live their lives like we are. If you want them to grow up in church, maybe that's what you need to put your priorities into. Maybe that's where you put your perspective into. But today we have the opportunity to, to change our lives and to, to begin walking in wisdom, begin walking in light, and begin walking in love. So right now I'm just going to ask that you would all just pray with me. Um, Lord, we're just so honored that you have us here. We're so grateful for your word and for you giving us wisdom and for um, you shining those light and illuminating those things in our lives that we, um, we don't always see, Lord. We're thankful that you bring those to our attention so that we can um, make corrections and so that you can guide us in the right direction, Lord. And Lord, we're thankful for our kids and for um, just giving us the ability to lead them in the right direction, Lord. Um, and Lord, we're just so thankful that you are here today and that you're moving today, Lord. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.